The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric Little. Hello and welcome to a bonus edition of the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. It's a bonus because this is an unscheduled special edition to be released here on this Thursday, November 5th to go along with, and in many cases to supersede, some of the episode released just yesterday. I thought about this, and the more I thought about this, I thought too much has happened to wait until next week to talk about some of the items that have happened this week. And by then, some of that will be stale bread anyway, and we'll have lots more new things to talk about. A couple big developments happened after we dropped yesterday's episode. The first, Bernie Dolan, the executive director of the WVSSAC, went on Metro News and gave a little bit more of an idea about how the postseason will look in football. Barring a last-minute change of policy, several teams could see their seasons end Saturday evening when the COVID metric map comes out at 5 p.m., despite being headed for the playoffs by the regular season records. The WVSSAC has said they'll release their 16-team playoff brackets in all three classes shortly after the weekly COVID map is posted on the WVDE website. Teams that are listed in orange or red on that map will be excluded from the playoff fields. Now, in previous weeks, we had talked about this on the program, the possibility that you could be 18 or 19 in the rankings and get into the playoffs because a few teams ahead of you have been eliminated. And then it started to seem like that wasn't the way that the SSAC was leaning toward doing things, and they would just take the top 16 and give people buys from there on, essentially, or or move people ahead if they stayed healthy, their opponent did not. At least at the beginning, that's not how that's going to be. If you're orange or red on the map this week, you will not be in the final standings that count toward making those initial 16-team fields in all three classes. And then from there, if you go red during the week, you're done. If you're orange or red, on the following Saturday's map, you're done for the next week. So a team could win a quarterfinal game and their season's over by the time they get to the semifinals just because of a turn of the COVID map the next day. But the very least, we now have this picture clear that uh, you could be 17 or 18 and so on and so forth and get into the playoffs. And we weren't quite sure about that and weren't quite clear about that when we talked about this on the program last week. So I want to get that out there. That's a big difference to know that there are a lot of teams now that are in play that might not have realized they were in play. One is Capital. Capital was 1-2 and two in Class AAA, and they were planning on just scheduling a fourth regular season game here in a week or two once the playoffs shake out. Capital was a team that a lot of folks had in their top 10 in the unofficial polls at the beginning of the season expected to be good. Of course, Kanawha County's teams have not had the start to the season or any of the season that they expected to, and Capital's program was quarantined as well, on top of the county being red on the map for a long time. But another change this week puts Capital back in play for the postseason. It was announced this week that teams that had played three games but had sought a fourth game would be eligible for the playoffs. Previously, it was announced that teams needed four games to get into the postseason. Now, they're saying that teams that have three games but made an effort to get a fourth game will be considered. So between that and between this ruling that the Orange and the Red Counties, their teams do not get into that ranking, that puts a team like Capital back in play. Of course, Tug Valley was a team people thought of. 3-0 and and number one in Class A on the SSAC rankings, but until that exception was made on Tuesday, they were not going to be able to participate in the postseason. As of midweek, half of the top 16 teams in Class AAA would not be eligible to participate in the postseason under the current plan. 
That includes four-time defending state champion Martinsburg, challengers Musselman, Wheeling Park, and here locally, PHS. Three teams in Class AA, three more in Class A would be ineligible, including the Williamstown Yellow Jackets. More on the local effects of this in just a second. Also, Dolan said that the opening round of the playoffs will begin November 13th and 14th. The Super 6 will happen the first weekend in December. Delays are unlikely because, and you might imagine this, say they delay for one team and then the other team has an issue the next week. Well, that would not be fair that way either. They're going to try to hold to the original schedule as best they can. They've said that maybe if they get to the Super 6 and one of the two teams there isn't able to go, they might have a delay in the Super 6. We might see a Super 6 that takes place over a week, two weeks, two and a half weeks, who knows. I had speculated maybe they bump up a semifinal loser to fill one of those roles in the Super 6 because I think either way, three state championship games are going to get played this year. There's no question about that. So we get some clarification on how this works locally. That was uh, one of the big things that happened last night, and it's not made a lot of people happy in some of the orange or red counties. There are some people, especially in the eastern panhandle, that are not going to be happy if this holds and no changes are made by the time that playoff field comes out on Saturday and it doesn't have some of those teams we talked about earlier. Those are teams that are by and large the favorites. In Martinsburg's case, they're the favorites until they lose, until someone knocks them off. So that is one development that happened last night. We got a little bit of a clarification there and answers the question of how they'll handle that. It seems like in the initial SSAC playoff brackets, teams from red or orange counties will not be ranked and will not go toward that. So we know that, and we know that the Super 6 might at least be a little bit held up so that the teams that qualified there were going to play. And then the bigger one that hit closer to home yesterday, Parkersburg South and PHS. It became public at around 9 p.m. last night that those two schools will not meet this week. Chris Wade, the athletic director for Parkersburg High School, says the Big Reds are pursuing another game, but ultimately were unable to find an opponent. Parkersburg South High School athletic director Jenny Knoll says the South football team is quarantined. I talked to Parkersburg South head coach Nathan Tanner. They have their focus on weightlifting and strength training, so it does not look like playing at a later date is an option. As we talked about earlier, teams have until November 28th to get regular season games in, despite the fact the playoffs start this week. So if you're in a county that didn't play many games, maybe you're one and four and you didn't get into the playoffs, but you want to play another couple games to get a regular season in so your kids have a semblance of a season, you can still do that and you can still play games. If you didn't get into the playoffs and you haven't played 10 games, if your county is ineligible for the playoffs because you're orange or red and you don't have 10 games, you could play beyond that until November 28th if you so choose. PHS and South with these cancellations would have lost two regular season games each, so it would be logistically possible if things get better and say those two teams want to meet around Thanksgiving, they could do that. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen based on what Nathan Tanner told me. It seems like their focus is not on this past season, but on 2021. And that's unfortunate for the seniors that are not going to get one last crack at PHS and vice versa for the PHS seniors that are not going to get one last crack at South. The game's on live television every year. It's an exciting thing. It's the buzz of the town. And now all of a sudden it's Thursday, a little more than 24 hours before we were supposed to see this game, and it's not going to happen. And that's a big blow for the community. And I definitely think this may be, if not the thing, one of the things that alerts this community to just how serious of an issue COVID-19 is and how serious the issue is right now locally in Wood County. The numbers are spiking here. As I go out into the community and talk to people in a number of areas and for a number of different functions and reasons, I'm talking 
talking to more people who say they're waking up to how bad this is because it's starting to hit closer to them. More and more people are knowing someone that's tested positive or they've tested positive themselves. Uh, for a long time, you could go in this area and maybe not know someone who tested positive, so it didn't seem like that big of a deal to you. And then there's the crowd that thinks that it was going to go away after Election Day anyway. That's a whole different point, as I promised earlier. We're not going to make this political. But the fact remains that the spike is continued here in Wood County, and it has probably caused the highest profile cancellation on the sports calendar and the highest profile cancellation in the area probably since the Parkersburg Homecoming Festival didn't happen. This is not a pro sports town. This is not a town that has a college that plays any major sports. You're right between Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Cleveland, so your pro sports fans, their allegiances tend to lie there. As far as college sports goes, that's WVU Marshall, a little bit of Ohio State, some of Ohio, just 45 minutes down the road, but the focus very much on those college teams and the high schools in this community. It's one of the few communities that you could say that about in the area, because there really is a rich abundance of teams at multiple levels. you got the AAA schools, the big schools, and then you've got a plethora of small schools in the area that all play competitive sports and that are good at a lot of different things. And I think a lesson of COVID-19 is that while sports are important to our well-being, sports are something and, and the pursuits that we have and nor normalcy and the pursuit of normalcy is not a bad thing. I think we're learning where sports fit in our culture. Right now, the infection rate and the numbers in this area indicate that maybe we probably shouldn't be doing this at the time. And that's not the answer that I want to arrive upon either, just because I'm saying this and just because I have been talking about the severity of this issue over the last few weeks. That does not mean I want to be at this point either, but I think you're a fool if you look around and you don't realize we're at this point. Where things are right now in Wood County, if you look at the daily map, Wood County would be orange on a map released right now. So that means Wood County in 48 hours, a little more than 48 hours, has to see community spread come down, a percent positivity rate come down to the point to where they get to green, yellow, or gold. If that happens, they would be able to play in the postseason. While Parkersburg South is not going to be affected by this, their season will come to an end at 1-7. and seven. PHS at 6-2, and two, headed to the playoffs. Williamstown at 5-2, and two, headed to the playoffs, and probably to host a game were they to make it in. But that seems like a long possibility at this point, just based on the Wood County metrics. It's a shame that it's taken something like this and the loss of something like this to grab attention. This was the lead story on WTAP News at 11 last night. It'll be in the paper tomorrow. It happened after press time for the News and Sentinel, but it'll be their lead story, and unfortunately it happened too late for them to avoid printing the tab that was to be the preview for this event. Maybe it's for the best that it didn't prevent that, because those young men deserve the recognition that they're going to get from being in that feature tab. But either way, this is an attention grabber. In a time where we're veering more and more toward normalcy, whether we should or not, we're veering more toward normalcy, I think, because people are tired of the pandemic. They're tired of the situation. They're weary of it. This has gone on for eight or nine months at this point. People are ready to get back to what they would call life as usual. They're ready to move on from the coronavirus and move on from the situation. But the fact remains, the spread is as bad here as it has been maybe at any point since the beginning of it. And I've known people that have gone through treatment for COVID-19, and those people have told me that it is one of the worst viruses they've ever had in their lives. I know people that were on the verge of death because of this virus. Doctors have told them that if it wasn't for them getting treatment, they 
they might not have made it to see the next day. That shakes you up. This is a serious virus, and I don't know what it takes for people, for the community, to wake up to that, uh, because it still, by and large, hasn't happened. You walk into big box stores, and there's still people, and entire families of people that aren't wearing masks. You look at them, and they're almost proud of that fact, like they're making a political statement. It's not politics at this point, and anyone who's making it about politics is sadly mistaken, and they're on the wrong side of history, quite frankly. This is a pandemic that's killing people. It's killing people locally. It does not discriminate based on age, and I don't care what someone wants to tell you or what you're hearing from that relative of yours that is a nurse, a nurse practitioner, a physician's assistant, or whatever. They're only qualified to tell you what they see at their practice. They're not qualified to speak on the pandemic at large. That's another pet peeve I have, but I'll leave that for another time. But people locally are getting sick with this thing. Many people are getting over COVID-19 and recovering from COVID-19. But I have a big problem with the people that say, well, the media is making too big of a deal of how many people are dying from it. They're not emphasizing how many people are recovering from it. Well, yes, it's nice that people are recovering from it. But this is a virus that's killing otherwise normally healthy people. And we don't have any way to keep this in check. It's a little bit like Russian roulette. You don't know how it's going to affect normally healthy people. I read stories just this week about people in their teens who had this, and we don't know the impacts of it. We don't know the long-term impacts of it. If the young people get it, we don't know how that will affect them for the duration of their lives. Will it shorten their lives? We don't know these things. We just don't. We're trying our best to have life as normal during this pandemic. And right now, to kind of go along with the first 10 minutes of my episode yesterday, right now it seems like we gave this a go, and we did our level best. And for a long time, a lot longer than I would have imagined, it worked. And we were able to play games. And I'm not saying we should shut everything down now. I certainly want to see the teams and the schools and the areas that are as healthy as as they can be get to continue to have activities because we have winter sports starting soon. People will want to play basketball and wrestle and, and swim and do things like that. And they should as long as they're in areas where the spread allows for that or the lack of spread allows for that. But as we've said all along on this show this year, we're dealing with something that is bigger than any of us. And sometimes, despite the fact that we want to continue to have life as normal and we want to get back to a sense of normalcy, this virus reminds us that we are not in control of what's going on right now in the world at large. The virus is is in control and attempts to stop the spread of the virus so that it doesn't infect people that may or may not die, but possibly could die. Those mean something and those deserve our attention. I know it's easy for people to say, well, it's just a couple people that die most people recover from it. But would that be easy to say if that were your loved one? Put your family in that spot. What if that were your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter, your aunt, your uncle, your niece, your nephew? I think if we should have learned one thing from 2020, it's the sanctity of life and how precious life is and how precious our time is with the ones we love. About a month ago, Garrett Furr and I were joined on the Parkersburg South broadcast by Bob Kroc, the former voice of Parkersburg South Sports. He filled in for Randy Ken solving on the sidelines. And he is someone who, if you don't know his story, he used to be in radio, now works at Superior Toyota in Parkersburg and sells cars there. But he's got two daughters who both have had cancer at different times in their childhood. They're both living right now. But when you're a family who's had childhood cancer in your life, you're always looking around the next corner or you're looking for the, the next shoe to drop. 
they live with that fear. And a lot of families like the Crocs live with that fear on a regular basis. Bob said something at the end of the game from the perspective of somebody that knows that this isn't life or death that we're dealing with. Bob said something that put the entire season into perspective. And I want to play that for you now. But I did want to say, you know, we were mentioning positives. Yep. And I did You take out of this game that I loved the fact that I was able to see a band. I loved the fact that I was able to see cheerleaders. I yeah. loved the fact that I was able to see the bells. I loved the fact that I was able to see people in the stands. Uh-huh. When we were going into this season, I'll be honest, man, I didn't think we'd get halfway through. Yeah, and here we are done. seven games in. So, I mean, absolutely hats off to the uh, WVSSAC, all the faculty and everybody here for running a, a nice, smooth show. And, uh, you know, we wish we'd had better outcome. But, Eric, we've been around a long time. This is high school football. You go, you go and, you know, obviously you have your ups and downs seasons. I think it's, it's all in a cycle. So just have fun, make your memories, and there's always PHS, just like Ohio State, Michigan. You know, I Beat think PHS. I, I think you bring up an excellent point, and and maybe Garrett and I miss that because we're here every week. You know, there are a lot of people, you know, that that, and maybe we take for granted that we've been able to come here every week and see people in the stands and see a band and see cheerleaders at a dance team and and all the stuff that we're able to see. I think this is a year where you're grateful to have what you have yeah. and enjoy. A little bit of normalcy yeah, in a year I, that's been just completely devoid of it in a lot of ways. I think we hit on it a little bit in the first couple of weeks, you know, whenever we was talked about that they weren't going to have the band. And right. We saw the crowd size grow a little bit bigger, but Bob was right. You know, I mean, we, we kind of grew a little bit complacent to it, and that is it's in these trademark trying times. Yeah. It, it's nice to have those little type of silver linings and stuff, and, and it is nice for Bob to you know, come in and kind of shine a light on us and be like, hey, you know, you, you may have grown a little accustomed to having this stuff that yeah. Just a few short months ago, we didn't know if we'd have any of it. That's Bob Crock filling in for our regular sideline reporter, Randy Kinn, solving on V96.9. Of course, you hear me and you hear my color commentator, Garrett Fur. Bob speaks with the wisdom of a man who's a few years older than I am and a man who's watched both of his girls go through really difficult days and has probably stayed up nights and lost sleep and, and cried and stopped crying and cried again with his wife, Desney, out of concern and out of fear for his daughters. And when you're in that position, you have that perspective in life. The rest of it's just gravy. This is important to all of us. We're covering high school football because people want to have this coverage. These games are important to the players, the schools, the communities involved. They are important, but let's keep that into perspective as to everything else that's going on and what they're important in context to. And right now, as we near the holidays, these games are important, but what's more important is keeping our community healthy so we don't lose people to this. We don't have empty seats at dinner tables and Thanksgiving tables and Christmases without loved ones in someone's household. If this season comes to an abrupt and undistinguished end for many teams in this area, maybe that's not coming at the worst cost. Maybe it's coming when it needs to come and as it needs to happen. Bob put that in perspective a few weeks ago. The one thing he got wrong was, unfortunately, there is no PHS South. But I think for the most part, Bob's right on the money. We got bands and cheerleaders and football players and dance teams. It wasn't quite as big and flashy and showy, and the crowds weren't there in the ways they normally are, but this is temporary. This is temporary. Those things will return, and we'll have institutions and traditions again. Right now, though, is a time to look around our community and try to keep our brothers and sisters safe, and our mothers and fathers, and our grandparents, and everyone that we hold near and dear. It's about keeping them safe so that we can have a lot of tomorrows together. 
Thank you for listening again this week. We'll have another episode on Wednesday, and we'll discuss whatever happened over the weekend, however that shook out, who's in, who's out, and we'll preview the playoffs and kind of go from there as we have all year long. I am Eric Little. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the podcast. Like us on Facebook if you haven't already done so at the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. New episodes drop on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts every Wednesday. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Please stay safe. This has been the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and vote in our weekly poll. Come back next week for another new episode, and thanks for listening.